1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I know that we've been doing a lot of kind of test competition focused episodes recently, but the more I seem to do them, the more questions that you guys keep sending in to me. So we're going to keep going on the competition test riding test kind of focus area for now, but there will be some more training episodes coming very soon. Today, though, we are going to be talking all about the four kind of most common areas that I see riders losing marks, but these are all the areas that are really silly marks that get wasted. These aren't big, huge things that you need to go away and spend months training on. These are little tweaks and little changes you can make that are gonna end up having a huge effect on your marks so that's our intro we'll keep it nice and quick let's get into it so like i said these are probably the four most common places that i see nearly every rider lose marks for. And they are all things that are really easily resolved. They're not going to require you to go away and work for months training your horse to see these marks change. It's going to be little tweaks and just ultimately understanding what the judge needs to see to give you the marks so you know what you need to go into the arena and show. So we are going to talk about transitions. We're going to talk about give and retakes. We're going to talk about the turn onto the centre line and we're going to talk about circle, sizes and shapes. And these are the kind of four places where I feel like riders lose the most marks. But it's one of those things that I also think come up in the majority of tests. Transitions, circles and those centre lines are things that happen in every single test and especially when it comes into transitions and circles, there are loads of them. So these little tweaks could really make a huge difference to your overall mark because there are just so many of them in the test, especially at the lower levels, prelim, kind of novice, elementary. There are so many transitions and so many circles. If you can get them right and really good, they can end up completely transforming your scores. So let's start with the first one then. Let's start with transitions because these are in every single dressage test. So no matter whether you're competing at intro or you're competing at Grand Prix, your transitions matter. And they make up a huge amount of possible marks. So in a typical prelim test, you're going to have transitions from walk to trot. You're going to have transitions from trot to canter and then back down again. So from canter to trot and then from trot to walk. You may also have transitions So the ones that go like trot, walk, trot, but with the walk for like a horse's length. And you're going to have also your final transition from trot to halt as well. Then when you go up to elementary, you will then have your transitions from walk to canter, your simple changes, so your canter walk canters, and then head on through the levels even more, and you're going to end up being marked on your transitions into and out of your medium and extended paces as well. And then carrying on from that, your transitions into your Passage, into your PF and back again. So there are tons of transitions. You are going to have to do so many in your tests. And if you ride them well, it is going to drastically change your score. But equally, if you ride them badly, you can have this really make your scores plummet. So the most common mistakes that I see with transitions tends to be that the horse is kind of lazy or too slow in reacting to the rider's aids, that they resist, so they might hollow or they might tighten when the aid goes on, or a lack of accuracy, so the transition's being done too early or too late. So when a judge marks your transitions what are they actually looking for what do they need to see to give you a high mark firstly they're going to look at the quality of the pace that you start in and the quality of the pace that you finish in so they're going to be looking for both of these paces to be really regular and really rhythmical they're going to be looking for these paces to be balanced and for the horse to be really relaxed and working really well over their backs When it comes to the actual transition though, from that first pace into the next, that transition needs to be smooth and fluent. They're going to want to see the horse react quickly and smoothly to the rider's aids and not see any signs of kind of tension or resistance or like leaping and being a bit too kind of ahead of the rider's aids or equally being kind of a bit too slow and a bit too stuttery. We also aren't going to want to see anything like hollowing, coming behind the contact or being too slow or too quick to react to the rider's aids because this all kind of implies some sort of tension or resistance when the rider puts those aids on. And then finally, the judge is going to be looking at your accuracy. So if your transition is at the marker, the judge is going to be looking for you to be taking that first step in your new pace when your body is in line with the marker you have a transition that requires a certain number of steps like say transition to walk for three to five steps and then a transition up into trot you can lose really easy marks for doing too many or too few steps and if you're riding simple changes remember as well that those walk steps do count as well they need to be between three and five steps so any more or any less and that's going to be really easy marks lost too So when it comes to transitions, then, it is as much about knowing what the judge needs to see as it is about how you ride them. So many riders I know lose marks purely because they don't know how many steps they should do or they don't know when they should ask for the transition or they don't know that that first step needs to be taken when their body is in line with the marker. The other part then is about your preparation, Are you giving your horse enough warning for the transition and preparing and setting them up to do it well? And this is where your test riding then comes in. This is where you practice riding your transitions at exactly the marker you want and about you working out what you need to do to get them really accurate and really good quality transitions. Now, the next movement that I want to talk about is the give and retake. Now, this is possibly... I would say this is the most common mistake that riders make, but because give and retakes only tend to happen in kind of prelim, intro, novice, and I think maybe a few elementaries, once you kind of get up the levels a little bit more, they don't come into play anymore. But This is probably the most common one that I see riders lose marks in, if they have it in their test. And it drives me crazy. It is there in test to check that the horse is balanced. It's there to check that the horses carry themselves. And there to check that the the horse isn't relying on the rider's hand or on the reins to kind of hold them up or keep them balanced. But actually the most common problem that people have with these given retakes doesn't actually tend to be how the horse does when the rider does the given retake. It's actually about how the rider does the given retake in the first place. More often than not, the comment that I feel like most writers must get so bored of writing is like, not clear enough, or just not shown or judge didn't see it because the riders aren't doing a really clear give and retake. So when you ride your give and retake then, the judge is going to be paying attention to three things. Firstly, is your give and retake correct? And this is the one I really want you to pay attention to. If you have given retakes in your test, please listen to this. A good give and retake needs the rider to give away the contact. So the judge needs to be able to see a loop in the rein. Now, some riders who are blessed with really long arms, they only have to kind of push their hands a little bit forward to create that loop. But if you're like me and you have really short arms, you actually have to really push your hands forward up your horse's neck towards their ears to create that loop. And that is as kind of the same if you have a horse with kind of a shorter neck versus a longer neck as well it's all about kind of rider confirmation and horse confirmation as to how you achieve that loop in the rein but the loop in the rein and that giving away of the contact is the most important thing and that is what makes it a give and retake and so this give with the rein also needs to be really smooth we don't want to throw the reins at our horses this isn't going to help them to stay balanced but equally we don't want to take like gears about it we need to aim to kind of softly push our hands forward in a stride then that give and that loop in the rein needs to be maintained for ideally about two or three strides and then you can softly retake the reins again And again, we want this to be really smooth. So be careful not to jab your horse in the mouth as you kind of retake those reins.
0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom
1: And this given retake is as much about the rider's balance and seeing if the rider is relying on the reins to keep themselves balanced, as much as it is to test the horse's balance as well. So the next thing the judge is gonna be looking for then, so we've talked about riding a correct given retake. And then the judge is then looking at what actually happens when those reins are given. Does the horse hollow? Do they drop their neck? Do they tuck their chins into their chests? Do they stick their noses out? These can all kind of be signs of a loss of balance as well as whether they slow down or they speed up. And if it's on a circle, if that circle changes size and shape, so does the horse suddenly fall out or fall in or make the circle smaller or bigger or kind of disappear off in the wrong direction? All of these things show a horse that isn't balanced or could possibly be relying on the rein to keep themselves up. Equally, if the rider suddenly becomes really wobbly and unstable, that's going to show a rider that is possibly using the reins to keep themselves balanced and possibly not using their seat enough to control their horses where they should. Now, the third thing then, and you'll be spotting a trend with this, the judge is going to be looking for the accuracy of your give and retake. So is it clearly shown with that really clear release of the rein contact? but also is it done at the correct markers? Now, usually we see a lot of give and retakes happening over the center line. So make sure that your give and retake is actually over the center line. We need preferably one stride before the center line for that first step to be happening of the give. When you go over that center line is your second step, one stride after the center line is your third step, and then you retake the reins. That's kind of the ideal of how we want things to happen doing it too early or too late is going to end up with you losing one, two, maybe even three marks that could really easily be kept. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the size and shape of our circles. Every test up to and including into one includes circles in some way, shape or form. And I get it. When people think about it it's obvious of course your 20 meter circle needs to be a 20 meter circle but actually riding an accurate circular circle where your horse is turning the same amount every single step is actually really hard and it requires quite a lot of control from the rider to be able to move those shoulders and move the horse's body in that kind of really specific way whilst also then thinking about the other things that we need for a good circle like bent the most common mistakes with circles tend to be the circle being too small or too big and that might happen on the whole circle or it might be that one half ends up bigger than the other it may be that the circle may not have enough inside bend It may be that the circle isn't actually a circle or it could also be that the horse may actually bend to the outside, which happens quite a lot of the lower levels. So what is the judge needing to see then to give you a really good mark for your circles? The judge is going to be looking firstly for that circle size. So we don't want any circles being too big or too small. Now, the judge will be looking not only for the rider potentially riding this incorrectly and putting the horse on the wrong line. And this bit comes down to the rider's kind of awareness over where they think they should go. But it's also looking at the horse and seeing if the horse is maybe not fully under the rider's control and maybe falling in or falling out, which is making that circle bigger or smaller than the rider intended it to be. Now the judge is then going to look at the bend. We need a nice uniform bend from the tail to the pole. So the horse should bend the same amount all the way through their body. And we want this ultimately to come from the rider's inside leg. So if the judge sees that the rider is pulling a lot on the inside rein, if there is lots of neck bend and the body is a lot more straight, or equally if there's not enough bend at all through the whole body, These are all going to have quite a severe effect on your marks. And then finally, the judge is going to be looking at how fluent and how smooth the circle is. This comes down to how rhythmical, how regular your walk trot or canter is, whether they maintain the same speed and the same tempo all the way around the circle, as well as the horse staying really softly working in a really nice soft outline. So all in all, I think riding circles is actually really hard, especially to ride a really, really good one. And there's a lot of things that need to come together to get a good mark for them. But the most important thing is to know exactly where you should be going. This is where I see most people lose marks. Get really confident knowing where those 15 metre, 10 metre, 8 metre circles, whatever you have to do in your tests... Go and work out exactly where you need to go. There's loads of kind of diagrams on Google and things like that. Or you can have a lesson with your coach and just say, I really want to nail down exactly where I should be going on these circles. And get really confident with this because it's going to make your life so much easier. You will be amazed. You will not be the only person in this boat winging it, riding your circles and not being 100% certain where you should be going. Get really confident on this and it's going to make your circles so much easier to ride in a test and it's going to help you to ride them really accurately too. Now, the final mistake then that's kind of the most common things that I see is. Riders losing marks on the turn onto the center line. Now, we all know that our center lines need to be straight. But if you turn onto the centre line and you end up to the left or to the right of it, you then need to get yourself back onto the centre line before you can then focus on riding straight. And that might be a few steps to get yourself back onto the centre line or it might end up being a little bit of a fight where it takes you halfway down the arena to get yourself back on that centre line or it might be that you end up staying a little bit to the left or to the right of the center line the whole way down. Now, both of these are going to end up with you losing quite a few marks. So we want to give ourselves the best possible chance of getting the best mark for our center lines. And to do this, the judges are going to be looking for an accurate turn exactly onto the center line, followed by that straight line all the way down, and you may end up having to do a halt as well. So getting to that turn onto the center line is the perfect start to set you up to get a really great mark for your center lines. Generally, most horses and most riders too have a more bendy and more supple side and a slightly less bendy, slightly less supple side. Now, most of the time, the side that feels really supple and really bendy, which generally tends to be the side that most people want to enter the arena on, is the side you are more likely to have your horse fall out through the shoulder. And this can then lead to them continuing to drift as they go down the centre line. And so you end up with either a really wobbly centre line, as well as being overshooting it, or you can end up trying to fight your horse for their straightness down the centre line, neither of which is very helpful. The side that feels slightly stiffer though, usually is the side that your horse might fall in on. So I tend to actually suggest that most people enter the arena at the beginning from their stiffer side, because this is the side, yes, it feels less supple, but you aren't being judged on the quality of your turn going onto the centre line at the beginning. So it doesn't matter if your horse is a bit stiff or not bending as well around your inside leg. What you are being judged on is from that moment that you come through those whiteboards and we want to make sure that from that moment you are on that centre line going straight. Once you're on that centre line you can then focus on staying straight and keep giving the judge that really great first impression of you and your horse to start your test off on a really good mark. So that is all four of our most common ways that I see riders lose easy marks in tests. Now, hopefully there are a few things there that you think that you could do or add in or tweak a bit to improve your own scores. All these things, they're little changes, little tweaks that will make a huge difference. They don't require you to go and spend two or three months perfecting just knowing and understanding exactly what the judge needs to see to give you the marks and going and having a little bit of a practice and a little bit of a test ride to work out how you're going to implement this and put this into your tests is all it takes to start to see those marks improve with these little changes. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did please do share it, you can tag us in it, let us know what is the mistake that you kind of most connected with that you feel like you do the most and what tips are you going to be taking away and trying in your next test too. Thank you so much for listening guys and I will see you next time.